Welcome to Catholic Views. I'm your host, Renee Kranz. On today's show, we have Father Sean Haggerty back with us in the studio to tell us about his call to the priesthood, that story, and how he came to be here, and how things are going. I think we talk about that. I don't remember now. <laughs> Wow. We'll find tale. out. We did the interview a little while ago. so There's a lot of stories within stories. There was. Mm, yes, okay. you're right. Okay. That was totally like that coming up next <laughs> on Catholic Views. That was totally set up for you. I was like, she's going to give like the radio like next. No, no right. not at all. You know me. I can't do that. You, I, I can't do we that. We need to hear well. like a good radio announcer voice out of you sometimes. I don't think I have that. Oh, you can. It's a skill you can acquire. <laughs> okay. As you know, we always have Dr. Chris Bergwald first. With biblical advice with Dr. B. He was going to say, I'm clicking my pen. I know. I'm sorry. Oh, I didn't even notice this time. Surprisingly. <laughs> They'll probably notice. Because I always harass you about it. So, Renee, thank you very much uh, for that that uh, announcey introduction. Yes, um, what, you bet. What's today, Renee? Okay. So, it is the 16th Sunday in Ordinary Time, I, I hope, because I, I don't think there's any holidays or anything coming I up or liturgical yeah. dates or anything. Yeah, actually, hmm. we have one coming up in a few weeks here. Um, the This year, the... the um, just to briefly anticipate, mid-August, uh, the 15th there's, falls on a Sunday. See, there's so be, a holy day. Yeah, so the Assumption falls on yes, Sunday. Yes, yes. It had to be Je- coming the, soon. The Assumption of Jesus into heaven. So. It's Mary, isn't it? Oh, yes yeah. it is. Just, just Bill's testing. like, will she know? Will she know? <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, okay. So the second reading today, and, and this started, so the second reading, remember, Renee, what have we learned about the second reading at the Sunday, on Sundays uh, at Mass? Uh, it's usually from the New Testament. <laughs> yes, yes. Actually, the apostles? Uh, second reading? Sec- Bill, help me. <laughs> She's making many statements and asking questions. Oh, what is it? I it's, don't know. It's going to be, Corinth- it's usually been Corinthians lately. It has been, but we switched to a different to one. To Ephesians. But it's, Gosh. Wow. Yes. Bill gets one more. Yeah. Another gold star. Gold star. The wall <laughs> behind <laughs> Bill, folks, is just covered with gold stars. Um, Ephesians. But the second reading at Mass is always, it's semi-continuous. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So where it, so the other readings, the psalm, first reading, psalm, gospel, are usually thematic, somehow connected. But the second read, we're usually taken on a tour through right. one of the New Testament mm-hmm. epistles. Uh, so we have been in Second Corinthians, but starting last week, uh, we didn't talk about this last week, but we've now moved on to Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Okay. So who do you think are the Ephesians, Renee? They're from Ephesus. Yes. <laughs> Let's just start there. Gold star for Renee. I got one. One. You got one. You have to start somewhere. Right. So what do you know about Ephesus, Renee? Um, very little. Is it, was it in Greece? And, uh, close. Uh, it was across the Aegean Sea. Now, where's the Aegean Sea? That's between Italy and Greece. Very close. Oh. Okay. I don't know. So it's actually, um, so it's, 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 so Ephesus is on the western shore of what is now Turkey. So the, the western oh, okay. side of what is now Turkey. Okay. Um, the province of Galatia, which we also know from the New Testament, province of Galatia. Um, so it's on the western shore of, of uh, modern-day Turkey. Um, and it was it was a, well, about the size of Sioux Falls, 200, oh. 250,000 people. Okay. Major metropolitan. Metropolitan? Met, metropolitan. Ma- major... Metropolis. There you go. There we go. I had the wrong syllable emphasized. Um, <laughs> a major metropolis in in Asia Minor um, for among the, during the Roman Empire. 
So this was a major city. So St. Paul visited Ephesus uh, numerous times, mm-hmm. stayed there. One, we read in Acts of the Apostles. This is where there was uh, Demetrius, I think is his name. Um, he was a, a blacksmith or silversmith. He instigates a riot against oh, Paul in in Ephesus because Paul was telling people, stop worshiping idols. Well, again, what is what does this guy do? He makes things oh. out of metal. Well, sure. Of course so he's going to start a riot against him. All my business him. is drying up here because this <laughs> Jewish guy from wherever is telling people to stop worshiping up. They're not buying my idols. Right. So he 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 stirred up a riot uh, against Paul. If he would have been thinking about it, he could have made Mary statues and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was inappropriate. Go. <laughs> so, so, uh, so that's where Ephesus is. Um, so, people who live in Ephesus are called Ephesians. At least that was how we put it in English. So, later when Paul is imprisoned in Rome, he writes his letter to the Ephesians, and, and he goes into a lot of detail. It's about the mystery of Jesus Christ. Mm. The theme of the church is really important. Um, but I, I just want to highlight again that Paul is is. W- so there's some background to the letter to the Ephesians about the city of Ephesus. But for us today, just a reminder that our leaders always remember us. So Paul's writing his letter to the Ephesians because he'd been present to them. He's mindful of them and he wants to teach them. Um, and, and just as he teaches us today, it's just a little bit about the letter to the Ephesians. We'll learn more about that, I'm sure. Yes, Thanks, Dr. B. You bet. In the studio with me today, I have Father Sean Haggerty back again. He was with us recently. Well, I don't know if it'll be recently or not, because I don't know when this one will air. <laughs> yeah. But he was with us somewhat recently, and we wanted to have him uh, back again to talk about his own story uh, as a priest and how he came to be a priest. So thanks for being here today, Father Haggerty. It's great to be here, Renee. Yeah, you are currently the pastor at St. Lambert's in Sioux Falls, at least for the foreseeable future. Yes. <laughs> how long yes. have you been there? I've completed, it'll be well, Three years in July. So, okay. So for sure, four years. I, yeah. I, I'm I'm banking on a lot longer than okay. that. So <laughs> you're enjoying that parish, aren't yes. you? Yes. Yep. And the people, there's quite a number of uh, St. Lambert's parishioners who work in the diocesan offices, as you probably know. Oh yeah. And uh, they love their parish, and they seem to love you. Yeah, I haven't well, heard well, anything bad except from for Bergwald. So. Oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, Chris Bergwald. Oh. <laughs> He's just a troublemaker. Over yeah, here. isn't he going to be talking later on this program? Yes. And be visiting. Well, probably before you, but yeah. <laughs> oh, before me. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No, he's he loves you. <laughs> He's, he's as good as gold. He's in my parish council, so I like to oh, tease good. him a lot. So. Yeah, yeah, good. So you know all about the trouble part. Oh, yeah. All right, so we are going to talk today um, just about you a little bit. Um, will you start by telling us a little bit about your family, where you grew up, that kind of easy yeah. stuff? Yeah, so I, I come from a small town in the northeast corner of the state, Sisseton, South Dakota. Uh, really? You're from Sisseton? Okay. Yep. So I can go to North Dakota in about 10, 15 minutes, or Minnesota, mm-hmm. 10 to 15 minutes. You know, growing up, we'd go up to Fargo to shop a oh, lot. Or my grandma lived in Browns Valley, Minnesota. So we go to Minnesota often and and uh, just a beautiful area of, of lakes and some yeah. rolling hills. And, and It's a little cold up there, but. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of the Bermuda <laughs> Triangle, a little bit of South <laughs> Dakota. The weather's, you never know quite what the weather's going to do. Right. And, uh, but that's where I, I grew up and uh, born and raised there. Uh, my, my father and mother uh, had five of us kids. So mm-hmm. I have two older brothers that are uh, uh, 12 and 11 years older than I oh, am. Oh, okay. Big big gap there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And then uh, my sister, she is uh, well, about five years older than me. 
and my my twin brother and my twin brother and I are are the babies at the very end. So. And, way, way to end it with twins oh boy yeah <laughs> and notice they stopped after you guys yeah <laughs> it's yeah. like okay that's it <laughs> yeah yeah no, mom, we obviously got them perfect so <laughs> yeah you know, i don't know about that but i think it was uh it was pretty stressful for them raising yeah. twins oh i bet and twin boys at that but our older brothers uh were a real blessing to us they mm-hmm. stepped in and oh yeah we're kind of like secondary fathers to my twin brother and i and uh really Growing up, I wanted to be just like my older brothers. Sure, you know uh, they were just—they spent a lot of time with us. They would, you know, get us gifts and mm-hmm. just uh, really, you know, taught us how to throw the football mm-hmm. and baseball, and you know how to work in bicycles, how to work in cars, how to do <laughs> construction work. And we learned a lot of that stuff mowing lawns, all those type of things from our older brothers. So uh, that's the family setting: mm-hmm. uh, five of us kids, and uh, and then you know growing up. Uh, my father was Catholic. My mother was not. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother comes from a family of, uh, well, she was in foster care right around three to four years of age. Okay. Because her father had, had died. Oh, he was, okay. He was uh, driving drunk and and uh, got in a car accident and, and oh. died. And and uh, he's, he's abusive too, you know, and whatnot. And uh, it was in a very good situation. And, sure. And, uh, and anyhow, so she went into foster care. Then her mother wanted to have her back, but couldn't really function to be able to take care of them because she's got, you know, they had seven kids together. Yeah. And so make a long story short, mother was in and out of foster care, different families, uh, wanted to be adopted as life got kind of went on and she realized she couldn't be with her mother, but never was adopted. Oh. And it was just her and her sister, Darlene, who she was very, very close to. Sure. And, uh, but, uh, mom through it all was in nine different families growing up. Oh, wow. And, uh, so, you know, you kind of have that background there too of, with mother and how that's also impacted, you know, my own family life as well. So, mm-hmm. and, uh, my dad is a Vietnam vet, so he okay. served in Vietnam and, uh, you know, he was trained to do, a, be a cook, but they needed volunteers. My dad, he loves to serve. He was, he's, he's always happiest when he can help someone else out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, he, they needed volunteers in the medical unit. So he said, I'll, I'll volunteer. And so he was then, you know, receiving people in the helicopters, bringing in the wounded and having no training with that, you know? And, and, uh, so there's, there's that reality too of my father, uh, in Vietnam and whatnot. But, sure. uh, so those are my parents and, uh, uh, mother was not Catholic. Dad was Catholic and would take us to church every single Sunday. Mm-hmm. We knew faith was most important. And, uh, before my dad didn't go to church every single Sunday, uh, he didn't take our older bro- our siblings to church or even my sister to church. But wow. but uh, going back to our our earlier show on Father's yeah. Day, you know, all three of them really don't keep the faith. Uh, uh, they, they are getting more and more with that. They still call themselves Catholic, and mm-hmm. and uh, but as far as practicing it, Sunday Mass and confession and things of that nature, it's not really there. Uh, but you know. So it made a big difference for you and your brother. Yeah, but when we were growing yeah. up, we went to mass every single Sunday. We never ever missed. Yeah, and uh, so. Um, so did you go to college after you were done with high school? Like, did you did you do something before you went to seminary? Uh, yeah, I went off to Northern State University. Okay. And I was going to be a math teacher and oh. coach football and track. That's what okay. I wanted to do. I can see that in you. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I really enjoyed college tremendously. So, and uh, when I went off to college, I. My faith was not really that serious to me. Um, 
make a big long story short, my twin brother went on a search retreat his junior year of high school okay. for confirmation. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to go too, but I skipped out because I wanted to work at a little local restaurant. Sure. And uh, make money and be able to purchase things that I wanted and whatnot. Right. And uh, so I almost didn't get confirmed. And the, but the pastor at the time said, you know, since you're praying every single day, we'll let you get confirmed. And so I got confirmed. But my brother went on this retreat. He came back all on fire for God. And he uh, didn't want to party anymore because we were big partiers. Mm-hmm. We'd, you know, unfortunately, go, you know, drinking and things right. of this nature, go to right. go to parties and stuff. And uh, But when he came back from this retreat our junior year, he didn't want to do any of that stuff anymore. And he wanted to live his life for God. I thought he got brainwashed. I thought that he got, you know, tricked into being some kind of a Jesus freak. This stuff is always funny to me when priests say these kinds of things because now you're a priest. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so he came back all on fire for God. And eventually I began to see in his own life the peace that was Mm -hmm. was in his own life. And we were twins, you know, so we're always like this. But as he began to follow the Lord more fully, I felt like he was leaving me in the dust as far as just oh, sure. having more peace in his life, more confidence in his life, more joy in his life, more freedom in his life. And I wanted that in my own personal life. Yeah. And, and as twins, we were just like this the whole time. The only thing that's different is he's taking his faith seriously. And we share a room together. We live together. We do all things together. And uh, he started going to daily mass every single morning when mm-hmm. he came back from the retreat. So I said, hey, can I come to mass with you too? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and so we would go to daily mass every single day. This is the second half of our junior year. And then my senior year of high school, I decided I'm not going to, you know, do go to the parties anymore. So for homecoming, it was really hard for me to right. not go to any of the parties. And just, uh, I remember sitting in my bed uh, in my, my bedroom on homecoming before the football game. Mm-hmm. We were both football players. Mm-hmm. And I remember just feeling really just sad and disappointed and like, boy, Lord, this is what it is to follow you. I'm just going to be... <laughs> All alone stinks, huh? and, and uh, <laughs> have no real friends that, you know, everyone else is going out and partying sure. and stuff. And, and uh, but then that night in our homecoming game, uh, I was the snapper. My brother was the kicker mm-hmm. and there's seven seconds left and we were down by one point and it was like a 35 yard field goal on the right hash. It's a pretty difficult field goal yeah. in high school to make. Sure. Uh, and uh, so we got called in as a field goal team, snapped it. My brother kicked it. We ran through the uprights. We won the homecoming football game. And it was just a tremendous gift that uh, I said, all right, Lord, you know, following you isn't, isn't so bad. <laughs> you know, you're going to provide. Even even though I didn't go to all the parties and stuff that I used to do, or I feel a little lonely now. Right. That uh, you're going to provide in other ways that I can't necessarily see. So sure. then going off to college uh, at Northern State, it was kind of the question again, do I go back into the partying mm-hmm. scene to make friends and whatnot? Or do I... Uh, really take my faith seriously. And uh, thankfully, I, t- I t- roomed with my twin brother, who's very on fire for the faith. And uh, and he went to daily mass every single day. And so I was doing that with him as well. And sometimes I would go, sometimes I wouldn't go. Mm-hmm. And I remember him uh, going off to mass and we're studying for a test. And uh, I, I was just really surprised that he went to mass, even though we had a test, because we were very, right. we were like straight A students and we really wanted to, right. you know, do well and whatnot. And I just, it was quite a sacrifice for him to close his book to go to mass. That really said something to me mm-hmm. about the importance of, mm-hmm. of, of our faith. And uh, so he left. And then I kind of thought to myself, I was doing research on a paper and talked about, I was quoting scripture from my paper <laughs> and it talked about St. Paul running so as to win the race. Mm-hmm. And I thought, 
I need to go run to, to Mass. So then I closed my book and I ran off to <laughs> do a daily Mass at the Newman Center there at Northern State University up in Aberdeen and, yep. and uh, never really looked back after that. Wow. And uh, my brother ended up going to a seminary visit uh, mainly because in the Jubilee year of Rome, uh, mm-hmm. Bishop Carlson at the time was giving out free trips to go to World Youth Day sure. for those who wrote, uh, he would give out one to the bo- one to a boy, one to a girl for those who wrote the best essay about okay. why Christ is so important to them in their life. And yeah. my brother had won the trip to go to Rome uh, in, the year, in the Jubilee year uh, for the World Youth Day. And I thought, man, this is, you know, Shane's pretty cool. He's, he's really, you know, there's a lot of great things going on with him. Yeah. And, and uh, so then, uh, then he became on the diocesan radar, if you will, as far as like potential <laughs> seminary yes. vocation, you know. And uh, uh, Wayne Shea was the uh, vocations uh, assistant director at the time, mm-hmm. helping out Bishop Carlson. And and uh, so he invited Shane to come on a seminary visit. And I went on a seminary visit. and With I, it at the same time? Yeah, okay. my freshman year of college. And I thought, no way, this is not for me. <laughs> I'm going to get married. I'm going to have about six, seven kids. I'm going to be math teacher and stuff. And I was really ignorant of what seminary was sure. because I thought seminary, oh, this is this is where you said to be a priest. I didn't really realize it until I was actually there. I was just going because Shane was going. And mm-hmm. and uh, so I learned a lot about that. And But then <clears throat> that was in the fall of my freshman year of college. And then my spring year, I took and uh, met a seminarian who was doing a pastoral year in the parish there in Aberdeen. Okay. And uh, and that's usually their year before they're ordained, right? Yep, yep, okay. yep. So uh, anyhow, I, I met him and I just really had so much fun hanging out with him. He invited us to chaperone on a ski trip. And uh, eventually by the end of my freshman year, I thought, I really need to look at the seminary. And it's, it's so funny just how that, what God does in your life to help you kind of find your way to that, isn't it? Yeah. To me, it's just really interesting. I yeah. think that's why people love to hear these stories. Yeah. So yeah. so then I, my freshman year, I thought, boy, uh, I really want to go to the seminary. Where's the door? I want it. I want in. <laughs> and I thought, well, this is way too fast. I'm going to take at least one more year of college. Mm-hmm. And during that whole time, it just seemed like God was continually saying, I want you to shepherd my people. I want you to be my priest. And I remember going, because we were going to daily mass every single day. Mm-hmm. I remember going to daily mass at St. Mary's in Aberdeen on one morning and being at the back of the church, going into the church, going down the aisle for Holy Communion and having the sense that God uh, said to me, I want you to be the shepherd of my, of these people. Of, of, of I want you to shepherd them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I kind of took that to heart. And then later on, as I'm doing the seminary and application, they want to know where my parents got married. Where did they get married? At St. Mary's in Aberdeen, the exact same <laughs> parish. And as they walked down that aisle, they knew their vocation. Right. And I walked down that aisle and God, pretty cool. God made my vocation present to me yeah. of what he wanted for me. So it's and, a pretty obvious call for you Yeah, and then at the, that moment. Yeah, and then actually when I decided to finally call the bishop to say, hey, I want to apply, he was. I looked in the bishop's bulletin to only find out he's coming tomorrow, <laughs> you know. You're like, great, woohoo. <laughs> yeah, so I got to meet with him personally and he, he gave me an application. And, Very cool. And uh, so then I went off to St. John Vianney Seminary in St. Mm-hmm. Paul, Minnesota, I was there for three years because mm-hmm. uh, I already had two years of college. Right. And uh, it was a great blessing. That was when Father Bear was there, who was reforming the whole seminary at the time. Oh, and, yeah. And uh, the seminary was very small at the time, and it had grown uh, quite a bit by the time I got done with that. Uh, <clears throat> but as a seminary, I was a perfect seminarian, you know, 
straight A's and <laughs> did everything just the way it's supposed to do it. And it was basically perfect in a way. That's what actually was told to me by the rector said, father, you know, Sean, you're, you're like perfect yeah. in every, in every area. And, and, uh, but I wasn't very joyful. I wasn't very happy. Huh. And, uh, so then I went and did a spirituality uh, program, mm -hmm. IPF down in Omaha, and really talked to God about that. Why is there not a lot of joy? Why is there not a lot of peace as I'm doing all these things? And uh, the Lord just told me, he says, you know, you you love me, but you don't let me love you. Oh, wow. And uh, and that was, that was- That had to be a little bit of a kick in the gut. Just yeah. a little. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. it just did. And then, so that was really then- that was a, kind of the second part of seminary, really. Sure. And really throughout my life is allowing God to love you. That's something I retreat. I just got undoing down a broom tree about a month ago. and uh, But letting God love you, how important that is. Yeah. And uh, so <clears throat> after that, I you know, went, in, went into theology down in Denver, Colorado. Mm -hmm. So I spent four years there at St. John Vianney Seminary there. And uh, as I was there... Um, about two years in, I got to the point where, all right, Lord, you're really gonna have to make it clear to me you want me to be a priest, because <laughs> right now I don't. I feel like I'm probably called, but I don't feel like a really strong call. Yeah, I might need a lightning bolt, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, when I entered seminary, it was only like fifty-fifty. Maybe I'll be a priest. Maybe I won't be. Mm -hmm. And uh, so when I went, when I was at uh, St. Paul or St. John Vianney Seminary in Denver, and I did a thirty-day retreat over the summer. Uh, it was before my deacon, before I become a deacon, mm -hmm. I really prayed for that grace. Lord, I want you to show me how much you love me. And then also I want you to show me that you really call me to be a priest. Right. And as I made those prayers, he made it very evident in that retreat that, wow. that I was supposed to be his priest and that he loved me tremendously. And uh, I mean, I, I, it's it's hard to put into words. Sure. And I, and and <laughs> yeah. it's hard to put in a program what will happen, but just suffice it to say, very much felt loved by God, tremendously so. Something I even go back to, you know, on a regular basis. Even today, it's been almost twenty years ago mm -hmm. now, uh, and uh, but continually to go back to that place of, of being loved by God, and then and then also being chosen to be His priest and, right. and to serve Him in that way. And uh, so, that being said, the next two years I was full bore, right. full speed ahead. Uh, let's let's go and be be, be the the, pre, the priest that the Lord wants me to be, mm -hmm. and uh, got ordained in two thousand nine, mm -hmm. and uh, served the Holy Spirit for two years. Yep. Served yeah. at Sacred Heart in Aberdeen for two oh, years. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Which is is kind of my second alma mater. Just, sure. Just so you know, that makes sense because of Northern and everything. Nor yeah. Northern. My parents eventually my parents eventually moved moved to Aberdeen sure. too. And then I also I served as a seminarian there. And then I also served as a priest there, so yeah. uh, I have a lot of love for the people up sure. in Aberdeen. Yep. And uh, though I can't get up there as much as I'd like to, right. <laughs> and, we keep you busy down here. <laughs> yeah. No, there's. And uh, so, and then after that, I went to St. George in Hartford for a year oh, as yeah. pastor, mm -hmm. and I was associate vocations director as well mm -hmm. as chaplain of O'Gorman High School, mm -hmm. and uh, then became vocations director. And uh, did did that for for five years, but six years total in vocations, and then uh, been pastor St. Lambert for the last three years. Yeah, so yeah, yeah so that's, that's twelve, a great 12 years. Yeah. yeah, that is a great story. Um, I I just love hearing the priest stories because it's so interesting. Your your brother did not become a priest, right? No, no, he didn't. Uh, he thought about going back to seminary. He's my best friend. Yeah. We, we talk all the time, and uh, but he got married about. Oh, it'll be 
three years in November. Sure. And uh, him and his wife, they've got they 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 got busy really quick. Of, <laughs> they got two kids, and they're already talking about a third, and they haven't been married three years yet. So <laughs> I just find it so interesting that he was really on fire. It looked like he was maybe going to be the priest, yeah. and you're like, heck no, I'm going to get married. I'm going to. Yeah. And it became just the opposite. God does weird things. Yeah, you know that's exactly that's true. Everyone, yeah. everyone in the family thought he was going to be the priest, yeah. not me. Yeah. Um, all right, so we don't have a lot of time left. Um, can you somewhat briefly tell me what's your favorite part of being a priest? Favorite part of being a priest is close relationship with Jesus. Okay, good. So having that being chosen by him to to do what he asks me to do. Yeah, great. And the other thing I really want to ask you, because I think this is important for other men out there who might be considering the priesthood. If a young man or even uh, maybe not a young man comes to you and says, I'm I think I might be hearing a call of the priesthood or I'm thinking about going to seminary. What would you tell them? What advice would you give them? Well, what, I, what I've given to fathers, <laughs> pray. Make sure you're praying. <laughs> yeah. You have to have a prayer life. If you don't pray, then you're not going to hear what God's telling you. Yeah. And uh, so that's the other thing. And then the other piece would be is to go visit a seminary. Mm-hmm. If you've never visited a seminary before, go and visit. We always have the fall seminary visits or spring seminary visits. Mm-hmm. And that'll help you give a better sense of what you should be doing. And uh, and then uh, the other thing is, you know, you don't need to be for sure you're called to be a priest right? by going to the seminary. When I went, I was only 50-50. Mm-hmm. What, I, what I heard the Lord say to me is, you know, give me this chance. Uh, you know, you might not be, be called or, to be a priest or not, but I, I felt like I really had to do that. Yeah. If I was really going to give God a fair chance. Sure of what he wanted. And otherwise I'd always kind of question, was it really supposed to be a priest or mm-hmm. not? Yeah. So. I think it's good to answer that question if you can. And seminary is a great place to do that. That's the point of it. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And you know, about one third of the guys that go to the seminary actually become priests. So. Right. Right. So, so it's, it's a discernment process. Yeah. And it's okay to go and then decide not to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just become a way better man. Yes. Well, you become, I won't say a way better man. You become a better man. Because you can mm-hmm. become a way better man without it. But yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but it's a great way to learn more about your faith and more about yourself and your relationship with God. Yeah. So. No, it's it's a great. Like my twin brother, he's incredibly blessed because he he went to seminary too. I don't know right. if I mentioned yep. that, but yep. he he when he graduated minor seminary, he went on to go on and he became a professional dancer and got in the banking and things like that. Uh, but uh, so but but then I, I went on to seminary. Yeah. So he's. But he, he would say he's he was blessed tremendously yeah. through his experience of being in the seminary. I bet so. I bet so. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for that part, at least. So, yeah. Father Haggerty, thank you so much for telling us your story. I really appreciate it. Um, like I said, it's always great to hear those stories and how our priests came to be. Yeah. And so. hopefully everyone realizes that they all have their own story mm-hmm. of God working in their life. And as you pray, you can begin to connect the dots in your own life. Yeah. Listen for it. Yeah, if Listen. I wasn't praying, I wouldn't. I wouldn't yeah. have any of this story. Oh no, not at all. <laughs> so, and and there's no better opportunity than than now, right. if you're listening, to begin now. Yeah. To, so that you can begin to participate with the story that God has for you. Yeah, that's great advice. Thanks for being here, Father Haggerty. Mm-hmm. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Uh, next week, I'm not sure who we're going to have in, so um, we'll see what the Holy Spirit brings us. Uh, If you are not following us on uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube, you can find us there. You can see all of our episodes of Catholic Views and Biblical Bites with Dr. B on YouTube at SF Diocese. That is it for us today. Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic Views. 